You're listening to The Singing Academic, Episode 4. Welcome to The Singing Academic, a monthly podcast that explores topics and issues related to musical studies within the scope of higher education. I'm your host, Kristen Huggins, Division Chair of Fine Arts and Professor of Voice and Diction at Trinity Valley Community College in Texas. Hello and welcome back to The Singing Academic. I am your host, Kristen Huggins, and you are listening to episode number four, Types of Vocal Onset. This episode is a part of our vocal instructional series created for vocalists looking for ways to improve techniques, tips and tricks, uh, or maybe just refresh what they already know. Please be aware that this episode is used as a lecture in my hybrid vocal studio class here at Trinity Valley Community College. So if at the end of this episode I give prompts for discussions or assignments, they do not pertain to you, my lovely podcast listeners. (laughs) I hope you enjoy regardless. So, onset. What is onset and why is it so important for vocalists? If you're a seasoned singer or if you're a more advanced vocalist, perhaps in your third or fourth semester of undergrad, hopefully by now you know what onset is, you have an idea of what not to do and ways to avoid or fix your technique if you start to have a lapse in incorrect onset. Uh, But if you're a beginner student, onset sounds like a very complicated term and you don't really have a basis of knowledge for what it could mean contextually. So we're going to break it down, what is onset, how many types are there, and what you should be listening for or ways you could fix your onset if you're falling on one of those, uh, in one of those incorrect categories. So onset has to do with how we begin the phrase of music, the initiation of phonation, the beginning of the sound. It's very important that you hit the gate, you're right out of the gate, and your technique is perfect because then if you start your phrase incorrectly, you're going to be struggling halfway through that lyrical phrase then to fix it and to get back on point. Here's the unfortunate part. A song is made up of numerous amounts of phrases. So every time you start a new phrase, you then have to risk starting uh, with an incorrect onset as well. So it's very, very important that you recognize and master onset technique early on in order to not cause yourself more headaches down the road. There are three types of onset, two of which are um, no-nos, red flags, and one of which is ideal. The ideal, the pinnacle that we, we strive for, is called coordinated onset. Coordinated onset is when you have uh, your vocal cords, they close, they adduct right at the moment that air comes up through the bronchial tubes, through the trachea, and then passes through the vocal cords just as they close to where it creates that lovely mucosal wave. They start to phonate, they start to vibrate, creating that sound, and it's a very healthy sound. Um, There's no attack, there's no air escaping, it's just this wonderful, coordinated, beautiful, healthy uh, phonation. Coordinated onset is what we strive for every single time we start a phrase. However, that doesn't always happen. (laughs) Um, In order to achieve your coordinated onset, the abdominal and intercostal muscles must be engaged just prior to singing. So you have to be hypersensitive, hyper aware of your body, whether or not you're using that support system, whether or not those abdominal muscles are engaged, 
uh, where your intercostal muscles are. If you're a beginner student, those intercostal muscles are the sheets of muscles that surround your rib cage. You have two sets, your external and internal intercostal muscles. Those also must be engaged so that there's sufficient breast support for the onset of sound. Um, and if you are able to coordinate those two sets of muscles, then you will have that lovely, clear, resonant sound at the moment of adduction of, of phonation. If you don't coordinate those properly, you'll get one of two things. You'll either get a glottal onset and breathy onset. So let's look first at glottal onset. Glottal onset occurs whenever you uh, are exhaling on the breath, attempting to phonate, but the vocal cords have closed. They, a lot of times the vocal cords will close and stay shut because of undue tension. Uh, the singer not being aware of tension in the upper body, namely the shoulders and the neck region, or the, the mentality of you're, you're really working for the sound. You're going to sing as loud as you can, and you're really going to press those vocal cords together uh, as you would with a controlled shout. But what ends up happening is the vocal cords close. They stay closed because of lack of coordination, and then the air slams them apart, and then they recoil back together, and then they begin to phonate because they're like, oh, we're trying, we're trying so hard, we're gonna, we're gonna sing, here we go, <laughs> And so, <laughs> and so um, as a result, it's, it's kind of similar to if you give yourself a really hard high five, and in the moment it kind of stings, but not enough to make you stop doing it. Like you're never, it's not like you're gonna stop giving anyone a high five ever again, but if you were to do that, say, once every five seconds for the length of an opera, you wouldn't have a voice left. Yeah. A, if you were to do that with a high five, you've had, you'd have bloody stumps for hands. So just imagine the poor, you know, delicate little vocal cords that aren't any longer than your thumbnail trying to do the same thing with a glottal onset. Uh, it will cause damage, whether that's lesions, whether that's vocal hemorrhaging, uh, uncalcified or calcified vocal nodes. You're going to be causing yourself some harm. So making sure to stay relaxed even before you start the sound, when you're taking that breath in, making sure that soft palate is raised and the larynx, the throat is nice and open and relaxed, uh, tongue isn't pulled into the throat, and you're coordinating, again, those abdominals and those intercostals to do the work for you. Uh, if those are doing the work, your throat isn't going to be tense, it's not going to be tight, it's all going to be relaxed, and those vocal cords aren't going to close. If you don't know what it feels like to have your vocal cords close and stay shut, Fun little experiment. Go find something heavy. Disclaimer, please don't hurt yourself for this podcast. Uh, so just kind of barely do it. Just enough to where you kind of feel some tension, some strain, but not enough to hurt yourself, please. Um, for I usually have my students do it on, on our baby grand piano in my studio where they pretend like they're going to lift it, even though they can't. Uh, and you feel that tightness in your throat and kind of that inability to breathe because your body is straining against the weight of that object. That tension in the throat and that inability to breathe is due to your vocal cords closing off your, pass your air passageway, your larynx. So that gives you an idea of what the vocal cords feel like when they close up. They, it happens so quickly on a glottal onset, you won't feel that same sensation, but after a while it will create this uncomfortable um, tightness, uh, fatigued feeling in the larynx from having to recreate that glottal onset over and over and over again. So, glottal onset re uh, resulting from the vocal cords closing and being pushed apart by the air and recoiling back together. 
The other side of the spectrum is breathy onset, also known as aspirated onset. Now, breathy onset happens when the opposite of glottal, right? So the glottal is the vocal cords are closed tight. Breathy is when they don't close together in time. This is what we call the lazy onset. They're just so tired. They don't want to come together and they're just, we're just going to make our way in our own time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just imagine these, these poor little vocal cords just dragging together like, okay, here we go again. Time to sing Traviata. So, <laughs> oh, I'm such a soprano. So breathy onset, same thing, inhalation, exhalation, exhalation, the vocal cords don't quite make it. And perhaps, you know, the, the, some of the vocal cord are touching just enough to phonate, right? So we have some vocal cord closure, just enough to adduct properly and phonate. But because they didn't come together in time, you have these little streams of air pockets that are escaping in between the vocal cords, kind of like if you were to have a straw there and the air from your lungs is escaping. Um, and you, you, the singer, probably will hear either a hiss of air uh, or maybe your sound is really quiet. You can't sing loud. It's a weak sound. It also uh, tends to flatten your intonation whenever you sing with a breathy onset. So any of these things are, are indicators that you, you have a little bit of air escaping through. And after a while, this is just as damaging as glottal because if you imagine, say, the Grand Canyon and water eroding away all that rock and sediment over the years, air will do the same to your vocal cords. Too much air uh, pressing with so much pressure against your vocal cords because if you think about it, it's a tight space, a tight pocket, increased pressure. It's going to be rubbing even more against your vocal cords than it would normally under normal ideal onset. Uh, that's going to create some irritation. Again, lesions, uncalcified nodes, calcified nodes, and then drama of the singer. So with breathy onset, we have to be especially careful because we do have instances where vowels are preceded by H or WH in English, which would then constitute using a puff of air. And, then, and therefore considered an aspirated onset. You have to be careful to give the puff of air in a way that still allows you to have full, complete closure of the vocal cords in a healthy mucosal wave. Uh, this type of onset encourages a relaxed vocal tone, um, but you don't want it to lead to an overall breathy quality. If there's too much tension in your sound, naturally, a lot of times uh, vocal teachers will use um, a breathy, a type of breathy onset in order to relax that sound, relax the larynx, coordinate those muscles. So just be aware that aspirated onset can be used in a healthy way or uh, used for English diction purposes. Just don't let it go out of control and fall under the unhealthy side of the spectrum. It's also important to note that there are certain types of singers that are predispositioned towards one of the two unhealthy types of onset when they first begin to sing. I tend to typically see that young females have more of a breathy quality to their onset when they first begin, especially the, the upper voices, such as the light sopranos. And then contrary-wise, the, the males, the young males who are beginning their singing careers, uh, especially low, low, low voices, have a tendency to have those glottal onsets, those really heavy, um, overproduced, over... Um, pressured sounds. So say, for example, you're a student with a glottal onset 
it's very typical in our studio for me to have you start with, say, an H, a very soft H, in front of a vowel in order to help train those vocal cords what it feels like to maybe not come together so quickly and staying together, pressing together so tightly. Because that H will then force the vocal cords to just come apart ever so briefly and then start afresh with a new phonation cycle. Contrarywise, if you have naturally a breathy onset to begin with, um, I may have you then start with a semi-occluded consonant, such as V or Z, uh, in order to help create that buzz of a sound and create a, a very clean phonation to begin with and then transition you into those vowels yet again. Uh, either one are, are easy to fix. It's just a matter of being an intelligent singer and identifying which one you fall under, what sound you're producing, how your body is feeling, how your neck is feeling while you're producing those sounds, and really being diligent in your practice to stop when you hear something being created, a, a phrase being created incorrectly at the beginning and going back and fixing it. So that way it doesn't become muscle memory because muscle memory <laughs> is what we depend upon as singers. And those are our three types of onset, coordinated, breathy or aspirated, glottal, also known as heart attack. If you have any questions over these and you're one of my students in our vocal studio class, please be sure to leave a comment under this video or to come visit me during our lesson and ask any questions you may have. If you're not one of my students and you have any comments, please be sure to go to our website at www.thesingingacademic.org and share your thoughts. We would love to hear them. Thank you guys so much and until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Singing Academic. With each episode, we offer show notes and a full transcript on our website, so please be sure to visit www.thesingingacademic.org to access these additional resources. Find more Singing Academic podcast episodes on iTunes and Spotify. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, please be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. See you all next time.